It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. We've got a lot to get into this week. So let's just go right into it. And we'll talk about the number one thing that everybody wants to get into, which I am incredibly excited about. And I don't, here's what I'll say about JT Tumalo uh, and his really, I don't want to say unexpected, because at this point, what do you, I mean, Larry Johnson, I mean, none of this is unexpected, but the the surprise for me is how unbelievably elite Ohio State's recruiting has been since Urban Meyer left. And I saw a question somebody asked online about, uh, you know, how how has this been possible? How has Ryan Day been able to take what Urban Meyer did in recruiting and seem to like actually turn it up to 11, right? Like do the whole spinal tap thing and just like crank it up even further. And I think part of it is, is that you've got, the infrastructure that Urban Meyer created, but now you have a guy that doesn't just stress everybody out all the time. <laughs> right. And like, I'm not like I'm not necessarily hating on Urban Meyer in terms of his coaching abilities, but he definitely wasn't everybody's cup of tea in terms of a, uh, as a head coach. And I think what Ryan Day can do is he can combine the best competitive aspects of Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer in terms of like, okay, everybody's going to compete. This is a really like you know high competition environment with a person who isn't going to like make a third of the roster angry at any given time. So it's, it's really interesting to me to see how you've taken something that are existed and made it even better. And I think a lot of it comes back around to the attitude and the environment that Ryan day has kind of created. And of course, in no small part to guys like Larry Johnson and Brian Hartline, but um, I don't know, man, the JTT's commitment is fantastic. It's not unexpected, but it's just still astounding to me, I guess, is the point that I'm trying to get at. Yeah, there was, you know, some chatter late. Uh, I think, what was it? The you know, graphic gate uh, oh God, o- no. o- over the weekend on Somebody social media. Somebody accidentally published an Oregon graphic. Yeah. So there was a, you lost know, their nice, mind. It, it is. People went crazy. So there were some. But I was sitting there, you know, even as that's unfolding, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, but why, though? You know, like, what would be, <laughs> you know, I'm putting myself in the shoes yes. of a five-star defensive line recruit and like why if you're if these are the two final schools right if you were trying to choose between ohio state and we talked about this previously in this recruitment but i yeah i'm just i i I don't get it and clearly i was clearly i was right (laughs) like but why and uh and and he he made the the i think objectively smart choice if you're in in that boat to your to your point it's kind of maddening uh ryan day's been on the job now basically two and a half years and he's got four recruits ranked higher. I, shout out to Colin Hansill for pointing this out. Mm. Four recruits ranked higher than any Urban Meyer recruit ever, right? Like, think yeah. about that. It's just it's just mind blowing. Um, and and how statistician uh, our, our good friend Remy pointed out also that Coach Day's got eleven five stars in his first three classes. Urban Meyer had five five stars in his first three recruiting classes. So four. <laughs> For Ohio State to go from what was, I think, generally considered maybe the best recruiter, uh, you know, one of the best recruiters anywhere ever, certainly the best recruiter in Ohio State history, and and then to add that, I mean, you're you're lapping him, you know, yeah. Ryan Ryan Day's lapping his his mentor here. That that's just mind blowing. Uh, and and to here, let's add another data point. This this one uh, from uh, was out there on the Twitter. Ohio State is the only team to sign five top 10 players in a single class. 
Yeah. <laughs> five top 10 players. That's madness. Man. Right. And, and depending on, I, you know, we look at the cumulative scores, right? When we look at all these different rankings. And I guess at a certain point, if you're in the top 10, does it really matter? Right. right. Is, right. is there really like you're really picking nits at a certain point. But if, if you look at this, you've got the number two and three defensive linemen. And according to 24 seven, the number one defensive lineman, uh, number one, wide receiver, number one, interior uh, offensive lineman, number one, running back. And then that's just like the top, what? 10% of the class, basically. <laughs> like the, it, the whole thing is completely ridiculous. Now, what I find interesting long-term is, you know, it's so fascinating to look at these rankings and go back 15, 20 years and see what happened to the top 10 recruits in any given class. And and there's some, you know, people are like, Oh, well, that's obvious. He went on and had a great, you know, college and NFL career. Nobody's surprised by that. And there's some guys you've never heard of. So I, I don't want to act like every single recruit that Ohio state is going to get is going to be a 100% hit. No way that they're not going to be all Americans, et cetera, et cetera. But the sheer amount of, five stars and highly rated four stars. And even looking at the three star guys, like, well, those guys are going to get bumped up here eventually. Um, it, it's kind of absurd. And it almost, you know, it to me in large part, this kind of thing is what's driving the conversation around like parody and, <laughs> and paying players and uh, NIL and all that stuff, because it is so stark the difference between a team like Ohio state and a team even, and I've said this before, even four or five spots below them. Right. And, you know, it, it, in parallel to this, we've watched Michigan and, and their recruiting class. And I'm not trying to dump on all the kids that they're getting, but they're competing for three stars out of, you know, Connecticut. And, you know, they're looking at Maine and they're going to places where they can, they can maybe fill their roster. They're not competing with any of these guys. I actually, another comment that I saw when it comes to JTT was I, I saw a Washington fan on Twitter, just completely lamenting the fact that they lost this guy. They, they couldn't keep him in state. And I'm like, you know, nothing against Washington fun program, love the Huskies, but like, you're not going to be able to compete against the likes of Ohio state or even Oregon for that matter. And Michigan right now is in that position. They're in the Washington position. They're in the Huskies position. They are not driving the bus for, for recruits right now. Um, and Ohio state certainly is. So I just, I look at this, I see all the, the depth that they're going to be adding immediately because that's really, I mean, honestly, you look at JTT, Jack Sawyer, a lot of these guys, they're not going to necessarily be instant starters, but they'll play because some of these guys are really that good. Um, it just makes it that much harder for everybody else to catch up. And I, I don't know what, what the rest of the big 10 is going to be able to do unless you're Purdue and you've got some kind of like, you know, like magic on your side and you can just be, <laughs> be horrific or something every, every few years or so, but this is, this is huge. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I am happy about it. I think it's awesome, but it definitely changes college football in general. I think it has bigger implications than just Ohio state. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, you're looking at, you're looking at Ohio. I mean, just this, the, the, the stats, uh, Colin put together a great article breaking down kind of numerically what this class looks like. So it's the highest rated program, uh, highest rated class in program history, using the 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 24 7 composite rating so high, highest composite player rating but but this is the one that got me so you're looking at ohio state's 
two top defensive players ever <laughs> to him allow right. and, and Sawyer in the same class. Right. So like, this is, this is pretty nuts. So you're bumping Noah Spence and Nick Boza as the highest rate. Those are two pretty good defenders, you know, mm-hmm. uh, looking, looking at the two like top defensive line recruits of the modern era practically. Uh, it's just, it's just nutty to me that, you're going to see that kind of depth. And, and you know, what's funnier too, is look, what was the thing that we would say last year? You really wish Ohio state had a pass rush. So <laughs> well, oh, what the hell just go sign the two best guys. Yeah, go in ahead the and do that. Fine. Right. Check. <laughs> uh, and it, and it does speak. And, and, you know, you and I have been talking about NIL a lot, and I think we'll talk about that some more later in the program as Ohio state gets to take advantage of its, its brand and marketing prowess to add to its already considerable recruiting cachet uh, and, and swagger and gravitas, like, just think about, I mean, yeah, you know, you don't want to compare uh, Ohio state to the death star because the death star eventually blew up, but you're, you're, you're building this juggernaut, this scenario where not you're, you're no longer, yeah, you've left the big 10 in the dust as you, as you rightly noted. And, and you're, you're squarely focused on Alabama and, you know, if you want to say Clemson or whatever other uh, flash in the pan flavor of the decade happens to to pop up there, you know, you you've set this up where it's it's Ohio State, Alabama, and and then you know two or three others, and then a wide gulf between everybody else. Yeah, because you can bring in consistently. Because look at what Ohio State has done in in the Urban Meyer era, sure, but especially here in the Ryan Day era, Day era you can go on the transfer wire and pick up the best players in the country to fill given needs. Uh, you don't have to look any farther than to our most recent QB number one, right? You've gone out mm-hmm. and, and picked up one of the best quarterbacks in the country and look what he was able to do. Now uh, you, you can go and do it with front end recruiting and signing the best class in program history. Not that many years after you signed the best class in program history and so on. It's just mind boggling, like roster management, uh, personnel management, Ohio state is doing it really, really well at well, a very high level right and and let's put this in in real terms if you look at the amount of five stars that ohio state has in the 2021 recruiting class they have the same amount of five stars as <laughs> usc texas a&m oklahoma florida michigan and texas combined okay all of those schools those those huge big name blue blood schools combined have the same amount of five-star recruits as ohio state Okay. Now you look at Alabama, Alabama's got seven five-star recruits. And so to me, you know, there were, you ever hear the battle of Hampton roads, Andy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Monitor and the Merrimack, yes. right? The two ironclads, they go in, they just shoot cannonballs at each other for like four hours. Don't make a dent and anything. And then just kind of go away. Right. And then one of them eventually <laughs> gets scuttled. That to me is kind of what Ohio state and Alabama looks like right now mm-hmm. in uh, college football recruiting. You have two programs that have clearly just changed what it looks like, changed the, the entire battlefield, mm-hmm. and they're just they're throwing cannonballs at each other's side. They're just bouncing off, right? Yeah. Occasionally, you will have a big name recruit who refuses to go Alabama and says, "Now I know where I'm going." Occasionally, you will have the same thing with Ohio State. Decides they're not going to go there; they'll go to Alabama instead. But right now, you have these two giant juggernauts and everybody else playing catch up. Um, Ohio State is ranked second in the 2021 recruiting rankings to Alabama in part because of the really like large recruiting class that Alabama has. Um, But in real terms, I think they're very, very neck and neck and head and shoulders to continue that analogy. 
uh, above everybody else in college football. Um, And even Clemson, I mean, in Clemson, I think I'm curious. I think more learned people can kind of maybe uh, gaze into the crystal ball and figure out what exactly they're doing with their recruiting classes as of late. Cause it seems very odd. Um, but in 2022, you see the same thing, right? Ohio state's got four or five stars on like ready to go already. So the whole thing is just really absurd at this point. And again, I'm not complaining at all. It's hilarious and amazing, but I think the game has completely changed. I think recruiting is, is, and here's the thing. One last thing about this the, and real quick before I forget, this a lot of people will look at this and go okay well Ohio State is eating up all of these players and whatnot if it's easier for players to transfer I think Ohio State has a really great recruiting pitch they say look if you think you're the best of the best you're going to come here you're going to compete you're going to get the starting job you're going to kick ass and win a bunch of games if you don't if you decide it's not for you there are tons of places that would love to have you and we'll help you out right we'll help you get to those places so we're going to raise your profile we're going to elevate you do whatever we need to do and if you decide that maybe it's not for you, go to, you know, go to Florida State, go to LSU or whatever. That's fine. And and we'll support you in that. Uh, but we want to try to get you here first and then we'll see what we can do. And and that's worked out for other people. You know, Burrow set that precedent. And I think Ohio State can continue that and and continue to just vacuum up these five-star guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and this is another thing that just hit me. I was looking at the chart of all of Ohio State signees in this class three three stars in the entire class that's it three one of whom is a punter (laughs) right do they ever give punters four stars they ever do that i don't know i wish they would i feel like they don't i feel like they're very reluctant to give punters the four. i think they'll just say okay we know this person exists but i wish they would be a little more proactive about giving some of these guys uh i don't know some love Maybe, maybe we need to maybe you and i need a side hustle that is uh basically a ranking service for kickers and we'll call it like you know in in interest we trust or something yeah, you know, or the, the 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 most important play.com and it's and it's just recruiting it's just giving five stars to australian punters that's <laughs> that's the I whole mean, shtick yeah that's the only people who would receive them too you've got it you've got to be australian rules football that's got to be exactly where you've gotten that recognition and then you can get the four star that's fine yeah i'm pretty sure they never do that because they're jerks now so. you you said something when we were talking about you were, you mentioned Clemson and, and there was a reason when I said what I said earlier I referred to them as kind of the you know flash of the pan flavor of the decade because you know they they did really well in in the past decade certainly you know win the national title do that for you and have all this cachet but I I I really question what kind of staying power they have and then you know you you said it you know what what are they doing right now with their recruiting uh, if I understand it correctly they. Didn't have any official visits last month, which I mean, I guess that's their strategy, right? Like that's yeah, but what is that? I kind of what's the point that you were trying to make? Help me understand it. I think maybe the idea is that, you know, you always remember the most recent thing that you uh I don't know. Like if you're the kind of person who is is swayed by the kind of stuff that they do in recruiting visits, maybe the most recent visit that you take will be the one that you remember the most or the one that's most impactful to you. So Clemson wants to be the team that gets in there late and says, okay, well, you've seen everybody else, but check this out. And then they show you the waterfall and, you know, all the other crap. I think what but, you mean is that, uh, you know, they, they, they get uh take them take them to church and uh, well they know what the closing off yeah really they, is, right? it's always helpful right to like come in late in the bidding war obviously i mean if you if you know what if you know what uh the the base price that you have to yeah. meet 
it helps. What's what's MSRP on this now? Right. How how much of that, by the way, how much of that now comes out of the shadows as in, and is legit trade with NIL do, do, is there still a, is there still a need for the bag man of old or does NIL render that an obsolete business model? Do, I think do, it does. Do we take the Corleone more. family legit is what I'm <laughs> right. So everybody, everybody gets into the olive oil business and it's, it's, it's legit. It doesn't matter anymore. Um, I, I think that's a fair point, honestly, because if Ohio state can say, okay, fine, Clemson. And again, I don't, I'm not calling anything out specifically. I don't know, but let's say anonymous school X says that we've got a booster. Who's going to give you a hundred thousand dollars. And then Ohio state says, fine, you can, we have players who are going to make a hundred thousand dollars above board legit. And they get, they don't have to like be beholden to this booster who wants to, you know, have your cell phone number or whatever all the time. That's, that may be a way to nullify that stuff, right? That may actually hurt that system, which again is another reason that people should support this <laughs> right, whole NIL right. stuff. So good. <laughs> yeah. Which I would be cool with like eliminating, you know, these, these creepy ass boosters creeping around a program and then trying to get, teens you know in their pocketbook i i think that's totally fine to eliminate that i, I think that's a good thing um it, it definitely brings a lot of this stuff out of the shadows i think that's an excellent point so speaking of nil by the way i mean july 1st came and went and i, I college sports did not collapse into a giant heap it actually continued to be college sports and it wasn't crazy and it, it self-perpetuated and everything seemed fine and ohio state players immediately took advantage of the opportunities that they had um uh, you know trajan mitchell by the way you know, he's got his own clothing line above the realm you can check that out it seemed like every single college athlete is a big fan of go puff which i had literally never heard of before july 1st so never that actually of. obviously a big time um a big time win for that company. What, what, what is GoPuff? Did you research this in your in, in as, your coverage of this? As far as I can tell, it's like a delivery company for all kinds of different stuff. So like if you, I don't know, like if you're a big fan of a certain type of drink or you want detergent on a weekly basis, like it, it's one of those things that kind of delivers goods and service, like mostly just goods, like products through your app. Right. So like if you want something on a regular basis, you can sign up for it. It'll deliver it. I think kind of like the Amazon thing, you know what I mean? Where you kind of sign up for a regular, um, you know, delivery of yeah. a certain product. Yeah. We get some put. dog treats that show up here magically every yeah. month. That we, I think we, it's, that... I think it's similar to that. Okay. I believe so. And then of course, you know, um, good old MPF uh, flicks. What's Flix CV. Is that what it was? The technology company. Oh, okay. uh, Frere, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. That's that's pretty legit. That's like big time stuff. It wasn't just okay. I'm going to put a tweet out. I mean, he's he's got a big time partnership, like an endorsement deal there. I think that's awesome. Good for him for getting that out. Zed Zed Key hustling oh, the hell out of thing, like just going everywhere. I think that's awesome. Haskell Garrett impact by HG. There, there's so much stuff going on that's obviously going to continue as the college football season gets closer and you start to see these guys on television more simply because they're going to be playing the sport that we cheer them on for. Uh, you'll see a lot more of that, I'm sure, but I'm and it excited. wasn't just football players. I, you know, I saw several uh, members of the wrestling team that were also yep. uh, taking advantage. So it wasn't, you know, which is, well, I think one of the things you and I were interested to see 
does NIL trickle out into the non-revenue sports mm-hmm. as it, or is it just, you know, football, basketball players with, with, uh, you know, larger social media followings, you know, to yeah. that end, uh, kind of interesting, uh, you know, I think to see the range of players. So it wasn't it, it, who all that has, has already come out with a deal or whatnot. Um, there are quite a few different, it wasn't just the same position group or, Oh, it was QB number one and that sort of thing. I, I thought that was kind of interesting to see who, who was already had business lined up and, and making it rain on day one. Well, I actually, so, you know, Ohio state has this deal with open doors, right? The, yes. the company that's allowing them to do this stuff. And so what I did is I created a profile on an open doors just to see if I could get in there and, you know, check out what Ohio state all has going on. And you've got a lot of the usual suspects, basketball, football, et cetera. I was interested to see that there's a lot of swimming and diving, a lot of swimming and diving athletes who are, uh, have active profiles on there and they've got everything ready to go. And then also, um, I, I saw some, uh, some gymnastic stuff, both men and women's gymnastics were, were ready to go on that. So I, I think maybe a lot of it's driven by the coaches who are saying, look, this is a great opportunity. Check it out. You should make a profile. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a very interesting process and I'm curious to see, how profitable how active something like that is versus a student athlete kind of going out and getting it for themselves if that makes sense yeah and and, you know there again i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of variation a lot of potential for creativity i think for both marketers of course you know my my day job i sell advertising for a living so so i you know i have I don't want to say a vested interest, but just a professional curiosity about how this all works out. And so there's a lot of room, I think, for creativity, both for the athletes and the marketers, because there's a big difference between, hey, I'm going to make uh, a few bucks singing happy birthday to fans on Cameo versus, (laughs) you know, getting an honest to God endorsement deal. Right. Mm -hmm. So like there's there's a lot of potential for for athletes to market themselves in different ways different types of sponsors of course but different types of deals too i mean you've seen some of the alumni types like i'm thinking of um cardale jones i think it was that that would have uh sponsored tweets from chipotle at different times you know i'm like oh i'm back in columbus right having a chipotle it's like you know so you could i could see some things as one-off as sponsored social posts and you know kind of doing the i'm i'm imagining there will be a lot of uh instagram influencer type marketing that happens because those are those are easy to execute, you know, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Um, and, and one of the draws of doing uh, an NIL deal with these athletes, of course, is there. It's not that you're buying the association with the athlete. Yes, yes, that's a thing. But what you're really buying is exposure to their audience. Right. That's, that's what, what you're it... really getting is, is people who are interested in what, uh, you know, a, a player like JT to him allow Al might be doing or interested in you're, you're buying that audience when you're, you're doing an ad deal with them. Well, and speaking of that, like, okay, so you talk about wrestling, right? Anthony, Etchamedia, right? Etchamedia. I can never pronounce it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Etchamedia. His, so if you go on open endorse and you check out his profile, right? 4,000 ish followers on Twitter, over 32,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. He's big and on so, Instagram that may not be a name that the casual sports fan right 
has embedded in their memory. But the fact that you've got 32,000 potential viewers on a social media platform, that's a big damn deal, right? Yes. That can get you a lot of money in that sense. Um, you know, Quinn yours is uh, on, on this as well. And he's got, you know, 22,000 followers on, uh, on, on Twitter. Like that's, that's significant. So, you know, Tyreek Smith, right? I don't know that Tyreek Smith is a huge name outside of Ohio State, but he's got 15,000 followers on Twitter. Like those are real numbers that you can make real money from. And um, I don't know. I Like I said, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this progresses. I do think that someone who is, you know, if you're QB1 at Ohio State, you probably don't need to use open endorse in the same way that somebody who is right. a, you know, a women's volleyball player might use it, right? Because you're, you've got an already, you know, kind of embedded interest. But if you're able to maybe kind of utilize this platform in such a way that you can, you know, pump yourself up while also pumping up other, um, you know, brands and things like that, I just, it, it's like I said, it's fascinating, it's cool. I am also really curious to see, I've gone through these profiles and to see which avenues, which uh, market, I guess you would say that these athletes are kind of focusing on. Mm -hmm. So for example, there's a gymnast who uh, wants to focus on like science, right? So they might be looking for a way to promote science things, okay. local, I don't know, Battelle, whatever. Yeah through what they're doing you might have somebody who's like okay well i'm going to be really into like travel right because maybe my family lives pretty far away and we go to all bunch of different places in the off season i'm going to be a travel kind of person that i can help promote that's that's what's really cool about this gaming right obviously gaming is a huge big honking deal maybe you don't have a huge following as a student athlete but your twitch account where you stream Minecraft or whatever gets four times as many follows or views as you would because of your sports stuff, you can still make a ton of money doing that. Um, and we've actually seen that in the past with college, um, with college sports where, where people did have really popular streaming uh, personas and profiles that unfortunately ran afoul of the NCAA. So I don't know. It's, it's a, like I said, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And I'm, I'm curious to see how this all kind of shakes out and hopefully they can continue doing fun things with it. And I would give uh, I give a shout out to Kyle Jones, uh, who, in addition to writing sensational coverage of the X's and O's, had a nice piece this week about his predictions for uh, what NIL would look like from uh, the ad space. So um, Jones, I, I think, calls it right. So big companies are are well positioned for this because they've already been through the influencer marketing thing. So, you know, if you're looking at your fortune 500 companies, as he puts it, this is not new for them. There's already a template for using, right. using social media influencers, but also, you know, using athletes as endorsers, um, you know, heck go back to mean Joe green, mean, mean Joe green in the super bowl commercial, you know, the kid, uh, with the Coke and all that, um, that, you know, those are, that's a well-known template for using athletes here, but, but getting, getting lo local businesses on board, I think it'll be huge. You know, you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago was Illinois did a seminar for their local businesses, mm -hmm. how to, how to navigate the waters of NIL. And I think that's where we're going to see both, you know, advertisers taking advantage of the affinity that fans of Ohio state and, and you could be talking about Illinois or whatever other institution as an advertiser, you're going to leverage that loyalty and so on. And people are, are interested, I guess, in the team and its players. 
Um, but, but also, Hey, you know, thinking about the athlete first, there's a whole lot of marketing dollars in a city like Columbus and the surrounding areas that they can go and, and take advantage of and tap, uh, by, by going in, offering themselves as you know, spokesmodels for whatever local business uh, there will be. Kyle's piece is really good. I hope people go and, um, and read it and talks about, uh, you know, what it means in terms of agents, you know, like how mm-hmm. we're going to have, uh, how we're going to have the agents coming out of the shadows now, but then also, um, what it means for recruiting. You and I have already touched on that a bit when we were talking about, uh, how big Ohio state already is in the recruiting front, but Kyle's got a great piece and he is uh, brilliant when it comes to the world of advertising and marketing. So go and read that if you haven't done so already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I got to get that seven banks cameo, you know, I've got to, you need it, man. I gotta, I gotta go out and get one of those. I, I gotta find a reason to get the various, uh, I don't know. I, I, one of my favorite things to do is go on cameo and just see what the cheapest ones are. And you know, you get to the point where you've got like actual dog dogs barking at people. Like I saw that dog on Twitter. Oh my God. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like seven can really, you know what I mean? I, I believe, yes, that's hilarious that he gets to do that. That's awesome. I, I think a guy like seven can probably make a little bit more of an impact you know and financially he's going to be a big name is what i'm trying to say and and i think maybe cameo isn't necessarily beneath him no, but no, i think but... i foresee bigger things for that guy i guess is my point all right and um, so so since you have been surfing uh cameo apparently what w- are there any hidden gems that you have found or like the best deal you were like man i can't believe that you <laughs> I, you know what? I am a little surprised sometimes when people under underestimate how much somebody might be willing to pay for what they're doing, because the the concept of cameo is a really interesting one. I think because I, that is something where I were in college, I would probably be looking at, at that 24 seven, right? I want to get the best deal with the coolest guy ever. And I don't know, man, like you go on here, you look at a guy like I'm just looking at the front page right now, Stephen Marbury for like a hundred bucks. Like he's a big dude. Like that's, yeah. that's Stephen Marbury, a hundred bucks. Like, yeah, okay. I'll do that. And then some people you will also see who way, way overrate their impact and go like, why would anyone pay any money at all to hear from this person? Um, and I just, I will say a lot of this is driven by, social media influencers there is a ton there is a ton of people on here who you would have never heard of in your entire yeah life. yeah I, I went on there one time and it was like i and people that wanted real adult money to you know say happy birthday to your grandma or whatever and 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 i looked at i no idea who this person is so yeah. either either that means i'm old and out of touch or i'm just not apparently into tiktok or maybe all of the above uh <laughs> yeah I just don't know that I want to pay $50 for Lola, the sloth to just like look into a camera. And then from the how, Dallas, I mean, zoo, how do you, I was going to say, how do you know it's actually Lola? But oh, that's what I'm saying. Like it, you have no okay. idea. You have no idea. Like, at least if you're getting seven banks, you know, it's seven banks. That's all I'm saying. I mean, maybe, maybe what we need to do, maybe you and I are looking at this wrong. Maybe we need to have uh, Johnny on cameo and fans of the Dubcast could have you, you know, give them a, a special shout out. I that's marketable, right? Do I want to debase myself that much? I mean, this is really interesting. You mentioned you mentioned if people would pay for it. I would do it. I'm I, not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I will take. I will take the money. I am not. I, I mean, I can not. get. I can get 
Freddy Krueger for 300 bucks. That's pretty good. That's pretty wild. I can I get know. Dawson. I can get Dawson for 300 bucks. I mean, my, how the mighty have fallen. I don't know. Anthony Scaramucci, $55. Mooch. <laughs> that's great. That's actually, that seems. Hey, that seems hey, hard. Ghostface Killer from the Wu-Tang Clan for 350 Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I mean. It, it just, it seems very odd to me how people value themselves in these. Like, I think so. I think Tommy Chong should get more than $150. If Cisco can demand 100 Wait, 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 like wait, Tommy, wait. What Tommy Chong get? 150 That's it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Wow. Same as John Lovitz, which I don't know that they have the exact same cultural impact. Pete Rose, by the way, Pete Rose is also 150 And I would have expected Pete Rose to say, like, pay me $1,000 and I'll do it. And somebody, some crazy person from. You, you can. Know, okay. So you can wood. get, I think this is, I'm looking at pictures here. I think this is uh, the guy that was helping the Nazis in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You know, like <laughs> okay. the, the, like the bad, the, the bad, um, the bad archaeologist that one of oh. the uh, that one of the the so you see mr jones there's nothing that you possess that i cannot take away yes 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 you can get him for 150 you can get argus filch aka um walter frey uh of game of thrones and harry potter fame for 250 interesting yes uh, quite quite interesting. you can get hoder for uh 175 uh Bijan robinson uh potential and then not ohio state commit uh for now he's at texas uh, 125 bucks i can get the night king speaking of game of thrones for a hundred jeez There's i'm a name, saying man that's the name of a guy you didn't even know i feel like somebody's gonna give me i, I feel like you know what maybe i mean maybe we could split it we could do a dual thing and then i think the two of us could maybe demand something like i don't know 10 bucks probably we could probably do 10 bucks somebody so, would be okay all right so loyal low dubcast readers chip in in the comments with yeah, let us know how much you would pay for <laughs> maybe, me to say something maybe, stupid. Maybe let me know maybe how much you is... would pay for me to say something stupid to you, which you get for free every week anyway. Uh, uh, All right. Okay, maybe so, don't because I want to have some some shred of self-confidence after this is over. So, yeah, yeah maybe don't. Maybe don't. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay, so that's cool. That's fun. I'm excited about that uh nil stuff will continue unabated i'm excited for it uh, another thing that we want to talk about real quick is some determination some uh, we we got some i guess solid information some final decisions on what uh ohio state basketball is going to look like in terms of two very significant players for the next season and Dwayne washington looks like he is he's ready he's going to go to the nba he's going to do it he's he's going to go and he had some pretty good, um, you know, some pretty good evaluations from in, in some ways. And, and I, I do think that he uh, still has a lot to improve upon as a, as a basketball player, but he will, uh, he'll try, you know, apply his trade in the NBA, but Ohio state and Chris Holman does get back EJ Liddell. So you split this, you, you kind of wanted both of them back. I personally think that a guy like Dwayne does need a little bit more time and development, but I can't really blame the dude for going and get his money. How, how do you feel about this and how it shook out? Yeah. I'm it's, you and I called it that, that it felt like Dwayne was gone. EJ was back. That's what happened. Uh, so I, I wasn't surprised by either decision. I'm with you. I, I guess, you know, Dwayne, Dwayne did well at, uh, the, the, the little combine deal there. So, mm -hmm. so that's fine. I, I don't know that I thought it was like all inspiring, but it wasn't horrible. So clearly what he was hearing from, uh, you know, people that are talking to these guys is that it's 
going to be okay. You know, he thinks yeah. he's got a chance to, to make it. So I I'm with you. I, I got nothing. I got nothing negative to say other than I, I thought he could have used another year, but it, he wants to make a go of it. And I can't fault a guy for going out there and trying to get paid, you know, go, go do it. Um, EJ, I think absolutely made the right call and, yeah. and thank goodness for Ohio State's sake, you know, that I think Ohio State very much um, needed him back. I think they're a much more interesting team with him on it. Uh, I, I don't know how much losing Dwayne like hurts Ohio State. Certainly you don't want to see a guy, you know, the, with, with his experience with the team walking out the door um, if you could have him back for another go around. But I think mm-hmm. there are things about having him move on to the next level that that open up some opportunities for Ohio State. I, I just think it'll be an interesting team um, because maybe some other guys will step up and not take that last shot that you knew Dwayne was going to take every single time. You know, there'll be <laughs> there there'll just be some little different tenor things like that, right? There was never a shot Dwayne he never lacked for confidence. And there were times where you were just like pass the damn ball. Uh, not saying he was a ball hog, but just in certain situations where you were like, pass the ball <laughs> and you knew he was going to take the shot. So there are things like that that I think it'll be interesting to see what the personality of the team is like with him, with him moving on. Well, the, uh, the now nice the question is, is, you know, we talked yeah. earlier about JT Tui Malau, you know, word on the street is. <laughs> yeah. Word on the street okay. is that uh, he's going to be playing football and basketball. So. Yeah. When does that ever happen? <laughs> like, I, I know it has happened, but it's that's that's such a nice thing to say, and I I think it would be hilarious to see that dude, you know, lace him up and and play for Holtman a little bit because he is a legitimate basketball player. It's not like yeah, right, 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 play right, a little bit. Right. I'm not crapping on his basketball abilities, but I really think at uh, Ohio State you're gonna have to pick one or the other when it comes to that kind of commitment i guess um the the interesting thing about this when you've got ej coming back is that he will probably move back to a more comfortable position for him he's not going to have to be a rotational guy with like zed and uh, kyle Mm -hmm. young and whatnot Mm -hmm. um so he gets he gets to be a little bit more consistently impactful as a scorer And, and of course you got in some transfers for ohio state i i agree with you that i mean of course you're going to lose a guy who can give you a ton offensively but Ohio state can still be really creative on that end of the ball. And yes, they are losing an impactful score, but they can move some guys around. I I don't think his loss is necessarily as impactful to Ohio state personnel wise as EJ's would have been. Um, So that helps a lot. It gives them some size. They keep the, you know, that was really something that hurt them in some games last season. And uh, it's, it's good that EJ's coming back. And I, I wish Dwayne all the best because I do think that if he continues to develop his game, he can be a guy who makes an impact in the NBA. He's just, there's some very specific things he needs to work on. And I'm sure he's well aware of those. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So that should be fun to watch. I, I mean, well, I just think this basketball season is, is shaping up to be really, I, I, I've used the word interesting a couple of times. It's, mm-hmm. I, I think there are some storylines that, that are coming up here. Uh, you know, certainly this one is one of them, you know, uh, what the roster will look like, but, but, but I'm, I don't know. I'm really looking forward not to rush it by any stretch, given that uh, we want to see football first, but I, I'm really kind of excited for this basketball season. I'm excited for it too, but it's also one of the seasons where Chris Holman really has to prove something. You know what I mean? Th- this is he not, does. it's not a season where he can just kind of win 20 games 
get to the first round of March Madness and everybody's going to be happy with that. You've got to make a run. You have to make a run this season. I know it's not necessarily the best setup for that. You don't have this dream squad of players. You have a good solid team that should be, in my opinion, a top 10, top 15 team, but you have to make a run. And that means getting to the second weekend and, and looking good. And um, yeah, last season was a disappointment and, you know, for obvious reasons, but that means you got to come out next season and, and really be firing on all cylinders. And, mm-hmm. and what's frustrating, I guess, maybe if you're listening to this and you're Chris Holtman, which I'm sure he is because, you know, loyal listener, yeah, you loyal listener, Chris Holtman. It's frustrating because those expectations aren't going to come to fruition until next March. So you can look super awesome, right? In December, January, February, and we'll be sitting here going, okay, but you got to prove it. And we're going to be saying that the entire men's basketball season so that sucks but don't lose to a 15 seed <laughs> so you know like that was the best 15 seed in the history of the tournament come fair on fair enough man. but it's still a 15 seed and nobody's <laughs> going to remember that when they're looking up the you know the tournament on wikipedia 10 years from now so that's that's what i'm saying and and that's what happens you you've got to to de- defy those expectations and unfortunately it's going to be quite a bit of time before chris holtman and ohio state gets to kind of remedy that and and change that narrative so that'll be very interesting going forward as well uh we want to remind you that the dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11warriors.com drygoods.11warriors.com shirt tat stickers all kinds of great stuff check it out let's just ask us anything you can ask us anything by sending us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com and we when we say ask us anything i mean ask us freaking anything it's it's fantastic um so let's go ahead and do this. Uh, <laughs> this is from our, uh, our our friend Matt here from Minneapolis. And um, so given the Conan slash Simpsons discussions from this, this past week's dubcast, <laughs> which we did go on a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, Simpsons or Futurama? And, and by the way, an addendum, as Johnny alluded to, two-thirds of The Simpsons is basically garbage, so my choice is obvious. In my opinion, Fry is the best parts of Homer and Bart before the good writers left the show. I, I have to be just super honest and say I don't know if I've ever watched a single episode of Futurama. So I, I guess it's I, I, I guess a brilliant I'm... show. It really is. It's, it's just as funny as the Simpsons in many respects uh, for the first, you know, several seasons. Um, it doesn't have longevity that the Simpsons had, but I, I really think you should give it a shot if you haven't seen it. Yeah. I am totally willing to give it a shot. Like there, it was not a conscious decision to not watch it. It just is one of those things. There's, there's an obscene amount of television out there. Uh, and, and there's a lot of it I haven't seen yet. That, I will say, so here's the thing about Futurama. Okay, just real quick. And by the way, my my build the Simpsons. I just seven or eight seasons of The Simpsons is still the best like comedy slash satire that's ever been put on television. But uh, I will say this about Futurama. I it premiered when I was in middle school, so I was like the prime audience for that. And Family Guy also kind of premiered along the same uh, time, and and so it was like this big debate in my middle school about which would end up being better Futurama or Family Guy and I was a Futurama guy because I was a big Simpsons guy so I had a big Matt Groening you know loyalty and I got a ton of crap in my middle school by saying that Futurama would be funnier than Family Guy and I just want to say that I think that history has borne me out as the uh, the clear victor in that argument I, I everybody 
everybody who said family guy would be the better show long term is incorrect i don't care it's been on tv longer it's, it's futurama has much higher highs than family guy ever had so i'll have to go with that um a couple other notes from matt uh he does point out that the homeschool for JTT was UW since he was from Seattle. Good point. Uh, we didn't mention that Oregon would be the, you know, the home team, but just in terms of like the, the, the other team that had the most realistic shot at him, that was closer to where he lived. I really don't think UW was ever really in contention for that. Honestly, I think it was always down between Ohio state and Oregon. Um, and I think that would have been the one reason why he would have gone to Oregon was just to kind of stay closer to home, but point well taken. And he also makes uh, a really strong case for uh, Tuscany and Cinquetera uh, as an international vacation. And I will say um, on my honeymoon, we did spend a couple days in Tuscany and it is pretty fantastic. It's pretty awesome. So um, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned Cinquetera. So I don't know if you've had a chance to see this yet, um, but on Disney Plus, they're streaming a new movie um, uh, called Luca. And oh yeah, it's it's a really good little movie. Um, I I'm a sucker for Disney movies anyway, um, mm-hmm. and and I really enjoyed it. But it is essentially set in Cinque Terre, um, and there's a neat little kind of documentary on on how they scouted the location and just a- knowing absolutely nothing about the region prior to watching that you know, Disney movie and documentary. Uh, I'm totally ready to go. It was, it was really cool. So Disney plus subscribers out there, there's your, there's your tip for the week. Go watch Luca. If you haven't already, whether you have little kids who like cartoons or not, go watch it anyway. It's super cute. <laughs> and the little documentary um, that came, that came with it. You should. Oh, nice. It's about 20 minutes, um, but it's really cool about the Cinque Terre and the region and just beautiful, beautiful scenery. Uh, so yeah, solid tip. Never been there, but it is definitely on my, list of places i'd like to visit fantastic uh this next one is from our good friend alvin who wants to know who is one player who isn't on carmen's crew and and of course the uh tbt the basketball tournament uh that you would wish is on the team uh, and just as a reminder the current roster i believe that, we've I got aaron craft Keyshawn woods Willie Buford, uh, David Lighty, of course, John Diebler, Ravenel, Caleb Wesson, Shan Scott, Lenzel Smith, Jeff Gibbs, uh, Jared Sullender's head coach, and Evan Turner's GM. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> Turner's there. I want to see Evan Turner playing. That's what I want to yeah. see. Evan Turner playing. I kind of um, do, too, just because he'd be a huge jerk and like, just take it way too seriously, which I would love. Is, is Odin still playing pickup games with the managers? You I don't know, know what Odin's doing right now. Because that's, that's a, a name that was like conspicuously absent to me. Because wasn't he on the roster a few years ago? He's He was in another basketball tournament kind of thing. Was he, was he I, on that, for, that, that big three thing? Or yeah, he was in the big three his, thing. Okay. Like, I think for the aliens or something like I, that. Yeah, I, I don't know. That that um, that um was kind of a name that was that that, that was uh missing for me. I would have liked to, I, I just enjoyed watching him play. I would love to see him play again. Now, can he, can he do it or not? I, I, I have no idea. That's why I ask. Cause I, I remember there was a story that he was playing on the manager's team or something in right. the intramural leagues, which I was like, good for him. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Amadeo Del Valle. I want, Oh Amadeo. yeah. Yes. Yes. That's who absolutely. I want to see on Carmen's crew. And I think it's a crime that he's not on there. So you, you just always wanted Del Valle to uh, dress up as sideshow Bob for back to the Simpsons. <laughs> Sideshow Bob. He's got a haircut Halloween though. He got a haircut. He's, he? he's like he's very shortly shorn now. He's not. Wah, wah, wah. I know it's sad. It's really sad. But you know, Delavalle would be. San Trombone. 
you know the the meme crew i i want the meme players on the team mark <laughs> titus why why can't mark titus be on that team yeah you know it kind of surprised <laughs> kind of honestly surprised me like why isn't titus because the they really want to win a million dollars they really do like not that right. titus can't ball out a little bit i'm not saying the guy can't play basketball yeah no but there's there's quite a gap between you know willie buckets and john Threebler and mark yeah. titus there's, yeah, there's a little slightly bit, yeah a little um, bit but yeah i think that would be fun how about that uh, and this last question here, this is from Joshua F who wants to know what is the most obscure summer Olympic sport that you would want to medal in? If you are a member of the U S Olympic team, which sport would you be most proud to medal in? That's, those are two separate questions because they, they are. Yes. Because the, the most obscure sport, which I would find the funniest to medal in is definitely not what I would be like most proud to medal. The most proud to medal in would be probably something like, like weightlifting or something like that where it's you know or, or like discus or you know hammer throw some insane physical feat that you would have to accomplish marathon right which is just an unbelievable test of endurance or strength something like that i would probably be most proud to meddle in uh the most obscure sport though i i'm trying to think of something that people the key is you want to watch something that people only watch every four years and then get really invested in. So like gymnastics, for example, is, is one of those niche sports, but has huge cachet during the Olympics, but generally not men's gymnastics. It's, it's obviously more, you know, women's gymnastics that kind of carries that. Um, I would say something like steeplechase, I think would be really interesting just because it's such a weird ass like event in general let's have a pit of water and then a random like hurdle that you have to jump over while you're running 10,000 meters for some reason. Like, I just, I think that would be interesting. I think that would be fun. Um, but yeah, most proud to win in would be definitely the, the really extreme endurance, you know, either in terms of strength or, or just like overall, you know, cardio capacity, I guess would probably be what I'd be most proud of. I did not know that marathon swimming was an Olympic event. Uh, I, I know I've seen them do the marathon, like the marathon before. Well, they've added some of those longer, like it, they've done triathlon too. Like, I think that's one of the things that they've added. Yeah. Triathlon is on there. Yeah. Uh, I was just, I, I pulled up the list of sports. So like probably the most obscure thing, you know, if I'm looking at obscure, that's like to, to fit your definition, especially table tennis, you, you're not just pulling up table tennis. You watch those guys. Holy crap. It's nuts. <laughs> It's nuts, but like you're oh not pulling God. that up on a non-Olympic year, yeah. On the Ocho, you know that's it's not a thing. But then at the Olympics, you're like, holy crap, that's insane. So yes. that's that's pretty obscure, or or something like, um, you know, artistic <laughs> swimming as an example. You know, <laughs> there, there there's a good one that you just don't watch outside Maybe of the badminton. Olympics. Badminton, that was exactly the one I thought of when I saw this list. I'm like, oh, oh my God, I would love is. to see Andy Vance medal in badminton. That would be, that would make my millennium. I would now, love that. And, and uh, the hell of it is, you know, so I, I remember one time in my younger days looking at the list of Olympic sports and be like, okay, what's a sport I could conceivably medal in? And I always came back to like the shooting sports because, mm. you know, you, you can picture normal people doing well in, yeah. And the various shootings, but, you know, I, I, I grew up going and, and breaking clay pigeons on the weekend with my dad and my brother, you know, I, I can handle mm -hmm. a, I can handle a, a firearm. Uh, I, I would love to say, you know, these quintessential Olympic sports to me are track and field events. Right. So right, right. You, that's, that's where you'd say, Oh, if you're going to represent team USA as a, as a sprinter, like how cool would that be? Or, oh, or yeah. swimmer, you know, like you look at Michael Phelps, like, you know, how, how cool is that to do what a guy like Phelps has done? So those are the quintessential summer 
Olympic sports for me personally, weightlifting and wrestling are the two that I just really, really enjoy. Obviously, you know, my entry to wrestling is, is clear, but I, I think the weightlifting is very cool too. And it's, I, I wish that they still had the one, the one event they don't have in the Olympic weightlifting anymore that I think they should would be the press. So, you know, we just have the well, snatch. They know why they stopped doing that. Though. I do. I, I do. And it's, you know, it's like, guys, figure out how to judge it better. You know, if you, if you don't just <laughs> throw it out, don't just throw it out because consequently, if you look and, and there's a strength trainer well, out of Texas. Wait, real quick though. Let's explain why they got rid of that because it's people may, may not understand how incredibly dangerous that that's ended up becoming at a certain point right? Because you've got a situation where people are trying to press above their head and they're, they're bending their back in a literal U to try to create essentially a bench press, you know, a standing. Yes. Bench yeah. Press. You're, you're turning, you're turning the overhead press, the, the a strict overhead press into a bench press from the standing position. Right. So yes, incredibly dangerous. Right. But so my response to that is figure out how to do a better job of officiating the sport. Don't just say, Oh shit, we can't do this anymore. It's too like, if you, if you, you I don't disagree with that, by the way, the press was always my best, like weightlifting kind of, you know, venue, I guess that was the thing I was always best. at was the overhead press. So I'm not, I'm not hating on that. I'm just saying people always take things to the extreme when it comes to certain events. There's a, there's so. a strength trainer named Mark Ripito who has a great article at startingstrength.com, which is his book about starting strength and his, his plan. If you're at all interested in powerlifting or just getting stronger using a, a bar and, and weight plates, uh, that book is, is phenomenal. Starting strength, highly recommended it is it is worth it. And his plan for folks who, uh, you know, you, you just go in and start with an empty bar and do the deal, but he has a great article talking about the overhead press and why we don't do it anymore in the Olympics, which you, which you referenced there, but also why it's a shame that we don't do it anymore. Because if you look, when they took that out of the Olympics, people just don't do it anymore. Yeah. They just don't do it. And so consequently, you know, he uses the example, and I'm trying to think what this, um, there was a big Belgian named Serge, um, what was his last name? Serge something or another, Serge Redding. And, you know, he presses, not this bench press variation that you're talking about, mm -hmm. but he presses something like 600 pounds. I mean, it's, Good it's, Lord. it's no, 502, 502 pounds. It was a world record. It was just nuts. And like the number of people on this planet who can press their body weight over their head, let alone twice their body weight. That's insane. Like it's, you know, the number is probably zero or, or we can count on one hand. Right. Yeah. But we just don't do that anymore. Uh, and it's, and it's unfortunate and it, he traces it back. I don't right or wrong, but it makes a compelling argument that it goes back to the Olympics, not doing the clean and press anymore. That when we took that right. out, people stopped training it. I think that's, I think that's a fair point. I mean, Repito would know, obviously. I mean, that's his bread and butter. I mean, he knows all that stuff from, back, yeah, here, but. here's it was Serge Redding, Serge Redding. He pressed 502 pounds, the clean and press at the Olympics. This would have been in, uh, I'm trying to see what year it was, but you can find it on YouTube. If you just Google Serge Redding, clean and press, there's a great little, it was 1971 at the world championships. Okay. 502 pounds like that. Just, it's amazing. Yeah, um, People, and, I'm, I'm going to look that up as soon as we're done with that because that's wild to yeah, me. Yeah, put, put it put it in the show notes. Um, and it's funny because Ripito makes the comment that uh, like five minutes after he did it, he's setting a world record. Five minutes later, you know, the Russian came up and beat him by five pounds. 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 crazy. And nobody and nobody can press 502 pounds today. No, God no. Argument, so I mean, I without the clean, I mean just a regular press, the most I ever was able to do was 170. And I I was like, okay, that's probably it for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the idea that somebody do like five times that, like four times that is just it's mind boggling. That's unbelievable. Um, yeah, that's wild. Uh by the way, real last thing on on that question, one sport that I love watching, but would absolutely under no circumstances ever want to be involved in and even like a casual level water polo. And I, I'm saying that because I have it on the background right now, but holy hell, that is the most terrifying thing to watch. These, these guys are all built like linebackers. They're all 250 pounds and they're just beating the hell out of each other in water while they're treading water. And it's, it's just, freakishly terrifying to watch i do not enjoy it um so i really there's so much fun stuff another sport that i actually think i would be interesting uh to do well in is is like the combat sports and i don't just mean like boxing i, I think it'd be cool to be the first american uh men to uh to win a gold medal in judo i think that would be really neat um yeah, I don't know. I, there's a lot of really fun sports out there that we only get to watch every four years. And yeah, there's a, quite a few of those. I mean, because you've got judo, karate, taekwondo. Yeah, karate's uh, making its uh, premiere here uh, in the Olympics. Um, thankfully, now that it's you know it's in Japan, obviously that's big home place of karate. That's I'm I'm glad they get to do that. That's awesome. I think that's kick ass. So. Yeah, we're excited. Um, keep sending in those questions. We'll keep answering them. And and I, I like the Olympic theme that we've yes. been going with the past Very few dubcasts here. That's fantastic. Well done, listeners. Yes. Yeah, so we'll keep getting to those uh, as long as you keep sending in. But until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you next week.